everybody, and welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. Uh, I'm Drew Scanlon. Joining me is Danny O'Dwyer. How are you, Danny? Happy 2021. I feel like yeah. by now we should have the wipeout cars. Like, we're, you know, I know it's another like, whatever, 90, 80, 70 something years, but it, I feel like we should be a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what the PlayStation promised me all those years ago anyway. So, yeah, I'm not, so, I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm feeling about this year. Uh, speaking about the far-flung future, we have Rob Zachney. How are you, Rob? Not bad. Uh, I'm with you, Danny. I think I think we would have all these things if not for these damn development phrases that F1 keeps uh, instituting. <laughs> we could be racing F1 cars to the moon if only they just let a thousand flowers bloom. I know, right? Take the lock off the anti-grav uh, propulsion engines, for goodness sake. And the rockets <laughs> and the mines. <laughs> I'm so this is this is one of those moments I'm so sorry for any of the people who listen who don't play video games. Uh well, if you are new to this weird podcast, um welcome. And if you're new to Formula One itself, uh stay tuned. We will have a preseason primer episode uh airing in let's are we saying end of February, early March? Mm, um yeah. depending on how the, the calendar shakes out, but depends that's currently that what we're targeting starts. for. <laughs> yeah, um, which uh, will assume no prior F1 knowledge and explain uh, how the sport works and who everybody is. It's, it's an episode that I, I, re- I actually really like putting it together uh, and doing it every year. So um, stay tuned for that. Uh, also, this show is supported entirely by our audience over at patreon.com slash shift F1, where uh, every month we, uh, at least during the season, we release bonus podcasts and videos exclusively for our patrons uh, that cover racing documentaries and films, F1 video games, primers for the racing series, and a lot of weird things. So if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of that fun stuff, uh, you know, what we've done in the past and what we will do in the future, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash shift F1 or click the link in the show notes. Um, that, yeah, we're still kind of on a, a hiatus, aren't we, Danny? Yeah, I don't think anyone's begrudging us taking a little bit of a break considering how ridiculous the 2020 season was on patreon like we covered so many there's like if 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 you if you're at the moment like jonesing for any motorsport podcast whatsoever um it's worth signing up for it just if anything because you get the whole back catalog of you know film reviews and racing uh uh podcasts we did all of last year but uh yeah no i'm i'm look i'm enjoying this this moment and already have uh Lots of ideas for next year, uh, for next year's, especially g- g- given that last year we had to be so nimble on our feet when COVID happened and sort of like replan everything. Um, I have a much better idea now of what type of cool stuff we can do. So expect uh, good things from our Patreon in 2021 once the, the season kicks off. It's going to be tough to top driven, I think. <laughs> Cars uh, tries. Is Torque it, on the list? Oh my goodness. Oh, that's the problem. We were talking about this earlier with Rob. We're... We're sort of uh, we're getting deeper in the chum bucket when it Is comes Drive to some Angry of these, uh... a racing movie. Ooh, Drive. oh god, it's got Drive right in the title. We could we could watch Drive. What's that Grindhouse one with? Uh... These are just car movies. Grindhouse. Now. We're gonna watch The Hitcher. <laughs> we're gonna watch yeah, the, Grindhouse. the Duel. Spielberg. Oh, that's a good one. What's the one about the the wheel that's haunted? Uh, rubber. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's called rubber. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, so many options. Um, <laughs> today, however, we uh, this is our off-season news podcast. Um, we, I guess, 
want to check in with the motorsport, the well, really the Formula One world. Um, there have been some things going on, uh, even though everybody is, you know, just uh, laying low, training up, um, signing contracts or not, as the case may be. Mm. Um, so let's uh, let's kick it off with probably the biggest surprise of uh, the off season. Rob, what's going on at Renault? Uh, well, one, this part we knew, Renault is no more. Welcome to the wonderful world of Alpine or Alpine. We'll, we'll see how people alight right. on, uh, pronouncing that, whether we do it the French way or, uh, or start anglicizing mm. it. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's Alpine and I thought that was going to be the big change. Like, oh, we're going to have to adjust to a, a new team name. And then Cyril Abitabul, uh, was let go or at least called time on his career running the uh the program over over at Renault and uh he has stepped down and it looks like uh Laura Laurent Rossi has stepped in as the uh head of Alpine right now I am not clear it's it's unclear to me what the politics of this are like is Cyril is this is this a verdict on Cyril and the company's mm. confidence in him moving forward? That doesn't seem to be the vibe of these statements, um, but it nevertheless is kind of striking that just as the team probably had its best year in ages, uh, he is stepping aside, um, and a new, uh, you know, a new director is coming in. Yeah, it's a shame we. It, it's it's one of these ones where you probably. I, I I imagine unlike a lot of the sort of English based teams, this might be one that is a bit trickier to like find the details on down the down the road, as well. They've they always seemed a bit more sort of closed doors or inaccessible to this type of thing than some of the other teams who, you know, people are familiar with. A lot of motorsport journalists are maybe more familiar with. Well, uh, one name I was familiar with is uh, Davide Brivio who they have brought in as racing director, which is, I guess, different from team principal. I don't really know the specifics of how those are different, but uh, he is coming from um, leading MotoGP's, um, or Su- Suzuki's MotoGP team. All um, right. He's like the guy of one of the top uh, MotoGP teams. So that was a surprise to everyone, I think, in MotoGP and Formula One. Uh, but now he is going to be over there helping out Alpine. Um, yeah, he, he's he's a cool dude. He's got two more wheels, though. What do you do with those, eh? It's true. He's got a lot of learning to do. <laughs> um, yeah, sad to go. Um, he was a good character. I will miss his his on again, off again romance with uh, Christian Horner. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I, we'll have to see if the tattoo happens. Like maybe he's off the hook mm. now. I don't know. That's right. Um, yeah, um, more changes ahead of the 2021 season, Danny, specifically when it starts. Well, like, here's the thing. I think we all came in this time around maybe with sort of a little bit of expectation that there might be some changes with the calendar even after. I don't know. uh, Like we've had a year of of figuring it out, right? (laughs) I just, yeah, I think there was a, a sense of. This was the best case scenario. And hopefully Mm. this is the way it'll end up being. But I think when everyone saw Australia at the front again with everything that was going on and how serious they've been taking it, uh, I think 
or not serious depending on how you come at it um how proactive they've been at shutting down events uh that, that may happen there's there was always a little bit of trepidation and that's what's happened ultimately we've, we've had a couple of changes um there's a sort of an unknown over the chinese race because of uh they've been fairly strict on people coming in and out of the country uh we've seen a recent spike again the past couple of weeks um and australia Is that why was like there's a, there's there's one tbc um race on there it's a blank spot do you think it's not been called because they're just throwing everything that they have at they're just placing all bets on china yeah so china doesn't have another spot on the calendar so they're just i think waiting to see what is going to happen there um i have to imagine that having any sort of conversation it must be harder for them to get in touch with chinese government i suspect over something like this than some of the other countries maybe um but uh yeah that's why that's there um we're also having a later start due to this uh which is hilariously the season is going to start in bahrain which makes it three <laughs> bahrain races in a row well um, we had abu dhabi almost i guess we had abu dhabi there as well did just we to spoil the fun <laughs> yeah it's kind yeah, of yeah they, they, i've forgotten about it already rob um but yeah we're going back to to bahrain to the i think they're calling it sakir again because we might are we going back to bahrain again later in the year no we're not but it's going to be the this uh, maybe they're calling it Sakir. I don't think no, it's the, the circuit though. name. It is the Sakir circuit. Oh, it is. Right? Okay. So it's going to be the regular, the regular uh, circuit as we have come to expect for most of the past couple of years. Um, but another one that's come in to sort of fill up this little bit of a weird gap we've created is Imola, which I think we have all uh, really enjoyed. Um, I think that was one of the races that we were ho- hoping uh, would come back. And uh, I've also heard Scuttlebutt from a couple of other... Crofty was on... David Croft was on a news report of around the time this news came out for I think it was Sky or maybe it was BBC or something. Um, and he said that there seems to be a decent amount of Scuttlebutt that Portimao will come back at some stage. That the hmm. Algarve race is sort of waiting in the winds to plug in somewhere. Um, so that would be really cool if that happens. But for the moment... Uh, Australia, the Melbourne Grand Prix, which we love. It's a great circuit. It's loads of fun. I mean, the fans were always great there. It's the middle of a city. It's a fun season opener when Daniel Ricciardo's not crashing into drains at the start of the race. Um, that's getting moved back to November. So so that's a real like question mark hanging over that because we don't know where we're going to be uh, uh, w- with relation to COVID at that stage. Um, but we are starting with Bahrain on the 28th of March. Um, and... Uh, yeah, then we've a we've 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 got a bit of a gap there because Imola isn't until mid-April then at that stage. That's right. So it's a they, it's a bit strange. They also moved winter testing, so we were going to be yeah. doing testing at the end of uh, February in Spain, but now they've moved it to the beginning of March um, in Bahrain. So just a few days, I think it's two weeks ahead of the Grand Prix, they'll have their testing there. So. We will have a a post testing episode, um, <laughs> laying out uh, or or gleaning what we can from testing. It's always a really tricky target to hit, uh, but it's really fun to speculate. So that's and it's like oh, you, you get the you get a drip of Formula One information. And <laughs> I, I like that episode too. That'll be interesting for for the testing because one of the things they always talk about Barcelona is it's a little bit chillier there 
then sort of the median temperature they tend to get in Europe later on in the season. So they, it's it's not a it's not a perfect one to one last year. Oh God, yeah, it did. So like, yeah. I I wonder. I I suspect that Bahrain once we get into March is going to be getting pretty hot again. Um, so I wonder what effects, if any, that will have on expectations when it comes to tire management. Um, it's going to help them a lot, if nothing else, because they're going to be testing at the first track they're racing on, which has never been the case, right? So I that's think a good point, yeah. that that's going to be interesting. Um, although it is being spread over three days, so it's truncated, which means the driver's only going to have like a day and a half in the car each. So they might have a little bit less practice than they're used to. And good. a lot of rookies coming in this year too. So. True. A um, couple of new circuits on the calendar. Zandvoort, we have not raced in a while, I guess news, yes. um, but brand new. Uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, that's still on there uh, for the beginning of December. Do we want to run through the, the calendar, real, or at least the, the tracks real quick? Yeah, do you want me to do it? Sure, go for it. Awesome sauce. We're going to be in Bahrain for round one. Then, uh, sorry, the secure track in Bahrain. Then we are Imola in Italy um, in mid-April. Um, we have a current TBD in the middle there. We'll have to see about whether or not that's China or if Portimao maybe slips in there. Uh, we are at uh, Circuit de Barcelona in Catalonia in Spain in the start of May. End of May is Monaco. Big question mark hanging out over Monaco. That's another one I think we could see one of the other races slipping into. Uh, and similarly, Baku. These are the two ones on the chopping block, which are, are back-to-back right now anyway. Uh, the end of May is start of June. Round 7 is in Montreal, in Circuit de Gilles Villeneuve uh, in Canada. I think we would all be delighted for that one to come back. Less so. To end of June, uh, back to France uh, for for the Le, Le Castellet. Is that what they're... Is that Paul Ricard? Is that, is that a different yeah. one? Le Castellet? Yeah. Why yeah, yeah. Why do yeah? I, why am I Am I crazy? I, I didn't know it was written that way. Let me look up where Le Castellet is. Yeah, it is Circle Power Card, yeah. Le Castellet. I was like, I don't know that track. Like um, hope just like sprang in my heart for a moment where I was like, did they that it wasn't. did France just dust <laughs> off an awesome track for like <laughs> I mean Matty Core is right there. <laughs> I mean just these use are the, that. <laughs> yeah. These are not the names of the tracks on this list, these are uh where they are. Yeah. I guess they are where they are. Yeah, sorry. Um, this is the tweet that they put out. Uh, then we're in Spielberg for uh, the A1 ring or the Red Bull ring, rather, uh, in Austria at the end of or start of July. Mid-July, we're back to the UK in Silverstone, uh, Hungary. Next for Budapest at the uh, end of July. Then we're off to Spa, Frankershop at the end of August. Bit of a gap there, of course, as usual, between round 11 and round 12. Uh, Zandvoort, as Drew alluded to earlier, at the start of September in the Netherlands. Back to Italy again for Monza. Then to Sochi for Russia at the end of September. We're starting off October in Singapore. Another one with a bit of a question mark. They've done fairly well, I think, in relation to mass testing and, and, and well, I don't know about vaccinations, but maybe doing a better job at any major city where they're getting people to fly in. There's just big question marks on it. So we'll have to see there. Um, Suzuka then mid-October in Japan for round 17, round 18. Uh, fingers crossed coming back to Circuit of the Americas in Austin, round 19 in Mexico City. Uh, around 20 in Brazil we're going to start of November then Melbourne has slotted itself in basically on the third week of November so hopefully we'll be there then we're off to Saudi Arabia for Jeddah at the start of December and then Yas Island at mid-December so we are looking at you know a 23 round season right now there is one gap in there there's likely to be more I think 
But then again, I was very pessimistic last year. But it's reaching in deep into December again. Like that seems mm-hmm. to be. I don't know if there's there's a couple of more gaps maybe in the schedule than there usually is. A couple of you know three week gaps, two week gaps here and there. Um, certainly the start is a little bit weird with with us having Bahrain and I guess just testing, and then it's only a week gap. But um, yeah, a lot of returning favorites as well. You know, new new races in in Jeddah and in Zandvoort, but also tracks that will feel new because we haven't been there in you know twenty four months. Um, no Vietnam. Those, I really hope. No Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam looks like it's a wash, right? Yeah, which makes sense. It's uh, I think infrastructurally trying to do this whole thing during COVID, it's perhaps not the most uh, best use of everyone's time. <laughs> Well, uh, if anything, they have stacked the deck um, in favor of having a lot of races. So even if, you know, half of these, well, not half, but if a lot of them fall through, we still have a fairly decent season. Um, Speaking of uh, updates, Danny, what's been going on with drivers? Yeah, I got a couple of updates on uh, drivers currently with F1 and those without. Um, Alexander Albom's gotten a drive in DTM. Uh, so he's still with Red Bull, and they have basically put a team into the uh, GT3 uh, era, and he is going to be one of those drivers. Um, so this coming from motorsport.com. Red Bull had previously said that it is open to lending out Albon to another Grand Prix team, but have now announced that he will be racing in the first year of DTM's GT3 era uh, whenever his duties as the outfit's F1 test and simulator driver allow. An announcement regarding the driver Albon will alternate his seat with will be made at a later date. Um, Red Bull junior Liam Lawson, who finished fifth in Formula 3 last year, will also compete in DTM, uh, driving for the full season. So um, he's going to be, you know, part of the Red Bull team ongoing, uh, but also getting a little bit of a drive in uh, DTM. So think about about Alex whenever Drew does that voice in a race around the world. Uh, Grosjean. So there's been some rumors about Indy for Grosjean, and I just saw that there was a new report which is plucking some quotes off of an interview he did with a French publication that seems to suggest that there are actually discussions going on between him and some indie team. Uh, I got some quotes here uh, from himself. He says, It's a nice championship of good drivers. It is a championship that I'm watching closely. Yes, uh, it is done or close to being done. It's still hard to say. Instead, uh, sorry, indeed, there are races on ovals. Technically, it's complicated. I talk about it with my family and friends too. We're in discussions. We look at it. We work on all that. But if it is done, so much the better. If not, we will do something else. We don't want to put any stress on it. So it looks like he's jonesing to get back in a car, but maybe not. You know, there's nothing he's maybe that's pulling at his heartstrings necessarily. But if Indy is something that might work for him, he'll be interested in doing it. So Well, is he sort of yeah. alluding to the fact that like a lot of drivers do not like driving ovals these days? Um like there yes there's a discipline aspect of it as well but i do know that like there are indie drivers who are like i will race the indie season but not the ovals um, really yeah god like some big names um have sort of hit this point where like certainly there are some ovals that i think guys are reticent about driving but in general i think a lot of drivers their sort of calculation has shifted to the point where it's like Eh, the risk of being in a in a huge shunt in an oval is just significantly higher than it is uh, at, a, at a road course. And I right. wonder if that's kind of what he's driving at, where, you know, he says, yeah, there's ovals, and then there's discussions with my family. Like, that to me says, it's not, I need to hit racing and learn how to race ovals. It's, 
I need to clear with like the family whether we all agree it sounds cool for me to be racing right. ovals. Yeah, and the first thing that came to mind when I saw that he was thinking indie was like, geez, like that's that if there's not many sports that I think are more dangerous than Formula One, but Indy's one of them. And the crash that he was in almost looked like an indie crash more than it looked like an F1 crash, right? The the hitting hitting a, a wall like that, the sort of catch fence almost nature of it breaking apart, the fireball. To me at least that's, you know, my biased eyes it reads as something a bit more like some of the horror crashes we've seen in indie circuits. I so. would definitely be like I would prefer to race indie with a full supply of nine lives uh behind be, yeah, you know, yeah. behind my back. Um after you know after what he went through it, it does seem like um it, the the risk is probably more concrete in some ways than uh more real for him than it's been uh but yeah that's um i don't know i'm just i'm just curious how how this like sort of discourse unfolds in racing because it's so strange that i grew up with indy car and like ovals were the heart of indy and that's just like core to its identity and at this point because of some horrific accidents and some losses but just also just a general shift in how risk is assessed in motorsports it increasingly feels like oval racing uh at indy is turning into um an anachronism <laughs> you know where it's like we do this because it's the identity of the sport if you were designing a motorsport from the ground up you wouldn't be racing these ovals yeah it's it's like monaco yeah. but like but there's only <laughs> but we only go to monaco once and there's like 20 other races yeah but yeah it's like it's a part of the history and it's kind of silly and maybe doesn't fit so well the way we think about the racing now but like ah we go there anyway but then that's a lot of ovals i don't know there's probably a lot of oval fans listening who might argue otherwise um you know works in nascar but uh the other only news i have here is um uh, oddly enough the hamilton uh, contract stuff is still not finalized um apparently there are curveballs quote unquote according to total wolf but uh they suspect that lewis will be signing soon nothing else I, he's probably just asking for a lot which i think he quite frankly deserves to do at this stage because he's also been knighted he's a knight which i think means he can chop anyone's head off and he's allowed to do it so at least in the uk well so watch you know, out now under the tories uh it, it is just like if, if you're if you're one of the lords i think you do just get to do that now exactly yeah you get all the vaccines and you can you know don't have to you can kill all of queen mother's gooses or swans do you know that's a thing or, i thought you could only eat, I, should... I thought you had to go to oxford to to get access to the to the sweet sweet swan swans supply. oh really is that where her swans are no they're all her swans oh okay like that's the free like the off the book swans are in oxford is that what you're saying no i'm I'm saying every this this was explained to me because one of my colleagues went to oxford he was like <laughs> so the odd thing about going to oxford is you're allowed to eat swans and i'm like what <laughs> and the way he unpacked this for me was it, technically all the swans in england are like protected like royal birds yeah and so it is a crime to like kill a swan uh, but as far as I know, there are some classes of people where they're exempted from that, and like Oxford is. Well oh, that's them. funny! Um, wow, yeah. Which I, that, for all I know, that could just be a practical wildlife management thing, where it's like you're right there, uh, in, uh, you know, in the in the river valley, basically, and it's like we got we got to kill these swans, man. Like you know, royal birds or not, like let's get these undergrads, uh, put them to work, but. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, he can probably eat all the swans he wants now because he has been knighted. Um, the uh, uh, there was a, a line here from Stefano Domenicali who decided to throw in on the tribute to Hamilton. He said, "Lewis is a true giant of our sport, and his influence is huge, both in and out of the car. What he has achieved is phenomenal, uh, with more still to come. All of us at F1 congratulate him on his well-deserved recognition of his achievements, and look forward to seeing more of his brilliance." in 2021 uh, we don't know for sure for sure if that's going to be a Mercedes <laughs> but I mean it is he's probably just squeezing out a couple more bucks and he deserves to um, but yeah we'll have more updates on the next podcast I guess I saw somebody saying uh, that they should replace his uh, HAM on the you know on the on the beanpole on the ticker with SIR <laughs> pretty good there's a bunch of sirs in that paddock over the years Sir Jackie Stewart I feel like Nigel Mansell might have gotten that too. I don't know. I bet Bernie Eccleston wanted one. Uh, also, Stefano Domenicali is weighing in because he's the new Formula One CEO. Oh, yeah, of course. <clears throat> news, news, Jokes. news. Yeah. I'll miss that mustache. A mm. um, couple more news items here. Uh, we had mentioned this late last season, um, and it didn't seem like it had a high chance of happening, but things have changed. Um, engine freeze. So apparently um, we, so we're getting new F1 car regulations uh, in 2022. It was supposed to be this year, but COVID delayed that. So the cars will look different. Um, what's not changing for those new cars are the engines themselves. Um, they will be the same engines that we're using now. Um but the teams are allowed to, you know, upgrade their engines as long as they retain a certain specification. Um, that the engines themselves, though, uh, are pl- the plan currently is to change them in 2026 to, you know, something new and different. Um, and Red Bull has suggested, well, why don't we freeze engine development? Um, because we're trying to cut costs everywhere. So if everyone just stops developing their engine from 2022 to 2026, then level playing field, uh, no one has to invest all that money in developing these engines that we're going to throw away in 2026 anyway. Uh, they have another reason for doing this, however, and that is because Honda's red um, uh, engines that they're providing Red Bull, uh, Honda is will stop doing that at the end of this year. Right. So uh, Red Bull, in effect, will not have an engine or they uh, they will have an engine, but they won't be able to develop it. So uh, like, yeah, we're not going to change is... our engine. So like, why don't just the rest of you also <laughs> yeah. like, hey, let's save money and you know, it'll be great. We'll, we'll, you know, don't leave us in the dust, please, please. Oh, God. Yeah, because if, you know, Red Bull's got this basically a 2021 spec engine for five more years and everyone right. else is free to develop it that's not going to work so if they don't get an engine freeze red bull's gonna have to go to reno um and get their engine which was a fraught relationship um, i mean cyril's gone cyril's gone though so that's that <laughs> might change things um mm. but so i thought this was a long shot when we first brought it up but it seems like um ferrari is giving this the thumbs up um interesting yes and the only uh i had none of the articles i read actually um mentioned mercedes who uh is kind of a key player in this yeah um, that seems like the yeah considering how 
ahead of the game they've been in this particular aspect of the sport. It seems like uh, something they might necessarily want to get into. Uh, yeah. Although we did talk before last year about how they were sort of also weighing up the future of Mercedes in F1, so maybe there's a cost-saving measure there that comes into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine teams will want to do... Um, like the 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 there's it's attractive for cost saving reasons uh i think there was a sticking point about if we freeze development and someone falls behind how do we allow them yeah. to like catch up to parity so um i think the fia is weighing that question and the overall question of the engine freeze um and may have something to say about it next week so be on the lookout for that could have mm. strong implications for not only red bull but uh, the entire field. Um, and the other thing to look out for is, uh, the 2021 cars It's apparently <clears throat> the first time we will get to see one. Um, so far is February 22nd, because that's when alpha Romeo has said that they will launch their car. They've announced nice. their announcement. <laughs> uh, so we, we could theoretically see, some other team before that uh but most likely i think it will it will be in uh, early march when we'll start to see these cars don't expect too much uh you know the regulations have not changed from last year very much so they're gonna look pretty much the same uh maybe with some new liveries i know um the new aston martin team which took over uh from racing point uh, they will look different because they no longer have the bwt pink sponsorship they now have uh it's something really generic. I forgot, but their racing colors are green. So back to the green, the classic green. Yes. They posted a picture of Sebastian Vettel's feet. Yeah. It looked weird. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Somebody, did you see the, the, the tweet that was going around or the video that was going around the end of last season where somebody had basically like done a crop job where they'd like put people's faces on and just guessed some of the livery colors and done the, the driver, like the standings video. And it just looked like something out of a different dimension. I was just like, oh my God, there's so much changing next year. Yeah. Like weird, like, oh my God, Perez at Red Bull. <laughs> like, it's loads of right. like. Yeah, that it's sounds like be fan so fiction. weird. Yeah. I'm, I can't wait, but, and, you know, it's seen Vettel there and it's going to be very, very peculiar. And so many new names. Like, like what's Haas going to look like between Mazepin and Schumacher? It's just oh God, so, it's going to be so interesting. Ah, uh, well, um, that's kind of it for news. Yeah. A bunch of people had COVID. Norris and Leclerc. Norris and Leclerc had COVID. Um, mm. It was a good uh, week last week for uh, women in motorsports. Um, they announced yes. two different teams in the World Endurance Championship um, that have all female lineups. Uh, one in the LMP2 class um, and one in the GT uh, AM series. Uh, Simona Di Silvestro will be running the Indy 500 at a woman-headed team. Nice. Um, and the FIA's Girls on Track initiative announced a winner um, who not only uh, gets to be part of the Ferrari Academy, um, but they um, she also gets a Formula 4 drive. Uh, it has not oh, been nice. announced which Formula 4 C- uh, series it is with. Um, but the 16-year-old Dutch-Belgian karting graduate, Maya, I'm going to go with Maya Voog, uh, is the first female member of the Ferrari Driver Academy program. 
So, awesome. um, yeah, she beat out uh, Julia Ayub, Antonella Bassani, and Dorian Pin across uh, a multi-month selection process. So, congratulations to her. Yeah, might have should, maybe should when I mentioned Toto earlier. Maybe also should have mentioned the fact that he has signed with Mercedes for a bunch more years as well. Looks like a three-year contract. Um, so he's going to be sticking around. Yeah, too. that's kind of big. We thought he was on his way out. Yeah. It was a yeah, big question marks over that whole thing, whether or not he'd stick around or not. Yeah. Also, uh, Toto sticking around. Pitbull now co-owns a NASCAR <laughs> team. Is it in Alaska? Do you remember that whole thing? What? When he went to, they did a Facebook poll, like, oh God, 10 years ago, maybe for him to like, he'd like turn up at your local blockbuster or something. And of course, everyone voted for like the most remote one they could possibly find. It was either a blockbuster or a subway or something, and they had to send Pitbull to um, a a whatever it is store in like the middle of Alaska, like in the middle of nowhere. And he did it. So he did it for the memes. So Pitbull's uh, all right in my in my eyes ever since. I'm just gonna read his tweet from January 15th. Quote: <clears throat> I've been a fan of the NASCAR story since the movie Days of Thunder. <laughs> Now I'm an official co-owner of the Team Trackhouse Racing Team. Uh, thank you, Justin Marks, Ty Norris, and Daniel Suarez for the great opportunity. This is a great way to celebrate my 40th birthday. So get ready, Dale. Yeah, he just says Dale at the end. Is it Dale? Is that a catchphrase? Does he think... <laughs> he doesn't... <laughs> like, he knows... There's no Dale Earnhardt for him to be racing against, right? Like, like Junior is in the boat booth. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be a catchphrase that I just don't know. Oh, Dale! Oh, fuck! No, he's saying Dale. What's Dale? There's no accent over that e. It just no, says yeah. Dale. Yeah, says Dale. but no, it's hard on, it's hard I, I, on I your think... phone. You got to hold the e down. No, I, I think he means no. like, let's go. Okay. All right. Dale. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was like Dale. I mean, he did enter the. He did start with uh, everything I know about this sport that millions of people enjoy is from a movie that came out thirty years ago. So, I know. mean, look, the movie makes an impression on you. Uh, it does. It's, you it's should a check out movie. our podcast about it on Patreon.com/slash/ftf1. <laughs> Uh, we now have something in common with uh, Pitbull. Finally. We all love Days of Thunder. Uh, all right, let's take it to some emails. Let's do it. Shift F1 podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. Uh, first one I'm going to give to Rob. This is from uh, Gavriel, I believe. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Max Verstappen and Kelly Pickett, daughter of Nelson Pickett, are I think officially PK. together PK. now. Normally, PK. PK. Uh, now, normally, this wouldn't be that interesting, except for the fact that Kelly PK is the mother of Daniel Kafiat's Kofi- daughter, Penelope. It seems that Max not only stole Kafiat's <laughs> Red Bull seat, but also his baby mama. Anyway, this juicy gossip is just too good to pass up. Hope the offseason treats you guys well. Uh, yeah, this came to my attention. Uh, <laughs> saw some people posting about it. Um, and I think it was one of those things where they were like kind of Instagram flirting for a while before it was like officially confirmed and people were kind of, it was just kind of a weird dynamic. 
Um, and it remains a weird dynamic. <laughs> uh, it is perhaps... I would not feel great were I Daniel Kafia. That's like I think just overall I would not feel great about how all of this has unfolded. All of this being um his life. Yeah. Just I mean oh you can only God. be so sympathetic to uh to an F one racer for for whom things don't work out. Um but I would feel a little bit weird, like that these two major milestones in my life both ultimately uh there's a decent chance that Max Verstappen. <laughs> so I'm sort of moving Super into that uh, position in like to to like parts of what used to be my life, right? Where it's like, yeah, okay, uh, you know, I'm an I'm a Red Bull racing driver. My dream come true. Oh no, Max Verstappen is got my got my drive. Uh, okay, well, I'm just gonna start my own family. Oh no, my <laughs> my girlfriend has broken up with me and has taken the kid. And she's dating Max now. Um, it's I I read this email and like I felt sick to my skin. I just thought, oh like, oh my god! Like I the the idea of of my I mean I think divorce is probably like incredibly traumatic in its own way. I imagine the idea of uh, that happening and him being kind of estranged from her maybe a bit, especially during all this COVID stuff. But yeah, it's like could could Max just not? Could he have not have? Like could you just not? Like, could you just, like, don't, don't be that guy? Like, could you imagine the fireworks? No, like, I'm Max so cannot glad that, not be that guy. I know. That's what like he the, does. There's billions of people, dude. Just, I know she's Nelson Pika, and you probably get on really well, and oh, you're in the same circles, because you're at F4. Oh, That's a good point. They, they, they might have known each other forever. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. Well, but, so, oh, like, he's going to be, like, they could be Daniel Kivat's daughter's stepdad. It just seems like... I don't know. I mean, I feel bad for him. I sort of feel bad. I'll say this. I never, I I have no idea what Daniel's relationship with Kelly PK was actually like, right? Like it it sort of seemed like she she was always off doing the Instagram model thing and like being kind of a globetrotter. And he was there sometimes, sometimes not. Uh, He certainly like when his kid was born, he was certainly like, this is a huge important day, but like, didn't seem like a dude who like suddenly that was part of his story that he was like interested in exploring and expressing. Like he wasn't like, okay, now my kids at all the races with me. That just wasn't how that all went. So, you know, something I, I do have to sometimes back, back up on and remember is that, uh, especially for really well to do people, there are no real pressures to make things work and stick things out and make a relationship go. Mm. And yeah. so sometimes what looks like to dysfunction to those of us for whom, like, for a lot of reasons, once your lives are intermingled, you kind of got to try to make the best of that and, like, get through stuff. If you have limitless resources and it seems like this is maybe not it, it doesn't have to be. Uh, right. And you can just go your separate ways. Uh, Penelope Kaviat is probably going to be fine. Uh, and so sometimes you have to remember, like, maybe this is actually hella functional. And instead of yeah. Daniel Kavia, like, sort of being dragooned <laughs> into, like, you're going to be here for this kid and you're going to be the dad. Maybe this is just cool where he's like, you know, I get to reinvent myself as someone not in the racing world. I'm so glad we could just introduce this, the hot gossip segment of Shift F1. I know. <laughs> it's a, yeah. The People uh... Magazine. Brought to you by 
Us Weekly. Shift F1. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm almost glad Danny's not in F1 anymore, so we don't have to think about this anymore. Because that would, anytime the two of them, anytime the two of them were up against each other in the past, it was always because of the seat, right? Or like, you know, Albon similarly. But it, they might but like, all be pals. I don't think they're pals. <laughs> they might be. I don't think they're pals. I never got the vibe they're pals. No, I never got that. I don't no. know who Daniel's who knows? pals are. That's the weird, that's the other thing. I don't know who Max's pals are either. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, th- he's got his little it's main his friends. dad. I guess he is, He's yeah. part of that racing team. He, he races with, uh, you know, the, they, they do the sim racing together. Yeah, well, his him friend and Lando are part of the, yeah. they're, they're his, his Among Us friends. His, his crew yeah oh my goodness um next email comes in from julia who asks do engineers ever follow their driver to new teams which is more important for a driver an established relationship with your engineer or an engineer who knows everything about the car um i feel like it is most often the fact that they don't but there are some established relationships that I think have sort of uh, where you've had drivers, Rob Smedley you know. and Felipe Massa come to mind. Mm. Uh, where he sort of showed was Bono up with. always with, you know, Bono and Lewis. I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember, yeah, I, I feel like they've been together forever, but it's been seven years. Who who knows? Uh, I am not sure he was the McLaren uh, engineer. I don't think. I think he might not have been. Uh, Gary Cannon and Roman Grosjean. I'm not sure because Grosjean was at Haas for a long time, but the two of them seem to have been together since forever as well. Obviously not anymore. I'm not sure what Gary's doing if he's sticking at Haas. Um, yeah, so it, it it depends on the driver. There are some, like Rob said, who are sort of like critical to the driver and will will be along for the ride or become part of that deal. Um, and then that's obviously less, much less so when it comes to rookie drivers and stuff. Like you, re- you rarely see, like you wouldn't see a driver come up to F1 bringing an engineer with them, but maybe a, a relationship is established. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you do. You do sometimes when a driver changes teams, you do sometimes see the engineer go. But I, like, I think a lot of it comes down to communication just between two individuals because you know the driver has to be able to articulate things about the car, and then the the engineer has to, the you know his engineer has to go then articulate that to the rest of the team. Yeah. So like a that kind of relationship needs to be really strong for it to be effective. So I could see why uh, both sides have a vested interest in. Uh, retaining a, a good relationship. Totally, yeah. Julia was saying, like, was is it more important to be better in the relationship or know about the car? I think the key relationship for the engineer is to be that middle person between driver and team, almost, to be able to communicate effectively, but also to be able to understand what the driver is sort of referring to. So I bet it depends. I bet on a case-by-case basis it's more important one way or the other. Such a personal role as well that, you know, some drivers like Kimi, I'm sure, don't care what their engineer is, you know. Right. <laughs> They're 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 not so important on communication, whereas Hamilton seems like the type of person who communication is critical uh, that way. Uh, Drew, you want to take this last one, Thomas? Sure. Thomas says, "Hey guys, just came across a clip of this on Instagram and almost did a double take. Apparently, back in the '90s, NASCAR did some exhibition races in Japan." including the East Circuit at Suzuka. Basically, the first sector of the GP circuit starts on the pit straight and loops back around after the S's uh, in 96 and 1997. Just thought you might get a kick out of it. A true race around the world, the NASCAR Thunder Special, Prefecture and all. Uh, The full race was put on YouTube 
not long ago, which we will link in the show notes. Yeah, this is wild. They are, they're turning right, you guys. Uh, and left. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. yeah, the whole race which, is there. It's like two hour long video. Uh, you know, pretty good quality. So I want to check and that out. And this is back, like, I recognize a lot of these names, like Jeff oh, really? Gordon and, you know, Rusty Wallace, <laughs> Dale Earn- Dale Earnhardt. Honestly, this race looks good <laughs> as hell. Yeah. On a fun, like, sort of fun track. The thought of nursing a NASCAR around Suzuka seems fun. But it also does They're seem like maybe tri- that circuit is still just a little bit tight for these cars, given uh, <laughs> the amount of running they need to do to get up to ste- get up to full steam. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of um, watching supercars. Which, yeah. if if you're looking for like a new weird racing series to watch, supercars is great. It is, they are basically like stock cars on circuit tracks, uh, and a lot of a lot of rubbing. Yeah, there's a lot of rubbing in this one too. I'm just letting it play here. There's a, a lot of like, as you, as Rob said, there's not much room for uh, overtaking here. So there's a lot of uh, drivers driving wide and other ones kind of pushing their rear bumper a bit. But the fans are loving it. I think that's what's really cool about it. Japanese fans have always been like pretty awesome and they're all seem to be really digging this in the video at least. So yeah. We'll I, I should point out that, that modern NASCAR also goes to the occasional circuit track. I think they do. They go to um, Sonoma. Um. So yeah, there's a couple of new ones. There's a good. There was a good ad for NASCAR during the uh, NFC Championship. I think it was where they set up really high production value for the new season. But um, yeah, and they were talking about some of the. There's a couple of new tracks to bring in this year. Track tracks. So, do we mention yeah. uh, NBC Sports Network is going away after? Yeah. Okay. So year? I had a panic about this. You're kidding. Here's my really? actual theory about what's happening. Okay. It's all about getting people on the peacock. I do not like, mm. I do not think mm. anything is going away in terms of talent or like sports that they're, they're, they're carrying. I think this entire thing is a play to get people onto peacock. Um, they've already sort of intimated that a number of the races are going to be moving over there. Um, I, peacock so like, being the sort of pardon? video on demand, peacock is like the video on demand thing for them. That's their, yeah, the that's their, that's service, their yeah. Disney Plus. And oh, okay. I think the problem for them is that it's not Disney Plus. They don't have a Mandalorian. There's not like there's no equivalent to that. So how do you compel people to go over? You find if you're an if you're an IndyCar fan, your arm is real prone to being twisted. Um, yeah. Like if if F1 ever was like we're we're breaking things off with uh, with ESPN, we're going back to NBC, or we're going to do a you know, only direct to consumer thing. You have to subscribe. Like I am, I am not and have not been in a place where I could refuse that. Right. It's kind of just like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Where do you need me to send money now? That's so I, I think uh, you also saw that like Peacock is going to be getting uh pro wrestling. Um, yeah. Oh, that really? what WWE is, stuff. Yeah. Why all of it? It's a That's billion crazy. dollar deal. Um, You're kidding. No. Wow. So yeah. So like this is this is what I'm saying is like, I, like the news was NBC Sports is being wound down. That's true. That's like that's a weird sign for the future of cable. I think the real proof is going to be okay. How much of NBC Sports basically exists intact on Peacock in mm. like six months or a year's time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The WWE thing would seem to suggest that's where they're placing their cards. I guess. Um. That's wild. Wow. 
when is that happening? When is the NBC Sports Network getting getting rose? End of this year. Wind it down. Wow. Okay. All change. Yeah. Uh, that's it for emails. Uh, you sure. can also hit us up on Twitter at Shift F1 Podcast. I'm at Drew Scanlon. That is at Danny O'Dwyer. And at Rob Zachney. That's us around the internet. Should we take it around the world, Danny? Let's race around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, had a couple more bubbles in me there. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, there is racing happening. The IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is at Daytona for the Rolex 24, uh, featuring one Kevin Magnuson in the uh, premier class. Good. So check that out this weekend. Um, it is, I think, also on NBC across its various weird stuff. So um, find someone streaming it on Twitch. Uh, we also have uh, Formula E kicking off. <laughs> um, uh at the end of February, uh, the World Rally Championship has already begun. They had their rally in Monaco. Um, <laughs> cool. Point to point race. Was that just like 40 seconds? Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. And I think the only other series is starting in any general vicinity of. Uh, between now and our next um, broadcast are uh, the NASCAR family of racing series, right. beginning with, that's right, America's Race. Camping World Truck! It is back, oh, back, ladies and gentlemen. Is it back? It's back. It is Camping World Truck. <sighs> Beautiful. Back and in it is back land February over. 12th, a Friday. National Nightmare is over. Uh, for the next era energy 250 it's not it's the rich next energy era. under a new name is it <laughs> what don't like it <laughs> um that that's not the best uh race name we have this weekend though uh because the xfinity series is racing the following day saturday february 13th at daytona for the <laughs> beef it's what's for dinner 300 <laughs> Oh, never change America. Yeah. Ahead of uh, some other race called the Daytona 500 on uh, never heard of Valentine's it. Day. For NASCAR. I'm glad we're trying to get people to eat more beef. Like, uh, you know, yeah. the American diet, uh, if there's one thing they can be said about it, probably don't eat enough beef. Um, well, the problem is with global warming is that we're, we're, you know, we need to eat the cows that are left. That's the... We got to stop them from releasing uh, more, more, more methane. Uh, so we just got to eat them as fast as possible. Exactly. Uh, put another, put another patty on that burger. It'll be a little yeah. more keto that way. I'm doing my part. Yeah. Oh boy! I mean, we had a ton of news uh, articles here. Try to pad out this episode, but we're still coming in underweight. I'm really surprised. Yeah, There's not we tried, a lot we going tried on. We tried real racing. hard to to flesh this one out. There was one thing just when you mentioned racing around the world. Maybe it's worth mentioning that that whole extreme e thing got pushed back as well a little bit. That's right. Uh, uh, to early April now. Yes, but they have one new team <gasps> that we haven't oh, mentioned. Yeah. Um, Jensen Button 
joins the ranks of team owners such as Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg. So I, you know what the last three F1 champions all have uh, extreme E teams. This is by the way, the electric off-road racing series. Uh, however, Jensen Button differs from Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg in that he is also driving for yes. his own team, which is He's, sweet. That's extreme. Yeah. That's really extreme. That is e- extreme. Uh, so that'll be cool. But yeah, that kicks off in April, um, as does... Saudi Arabia. Yes. Yeah, they're all in... I guess the pitch is that they're all in nature or in the wilds somewhere. They're off-roady, yeah. right? So we're in Saudi Arabia somewhere, somewhere near, I guess, Senegal, part of the Dakar. Um, Greenland, at a place that I'm not even going to attempt. Kangar Slawak, uh, Santarém, Brazil, in October, and then they're f- finishing in Patagonia, Argentina. Cool. That's where I get all my favorite all-weather apparel. It's just the uh, bunch of uh, spectators... Bunch of tech bros in police vests. <laughs> yes. Down there in Patagonia. And then the North Face. I'll do next season. That's right. Uh all right. Well, um, Danny, final thoughts on this uh this weird little off season news podcast we have. Uh, Good to chat to you guys. Good to catch yeah. up. Uh nice to have a little break over the Hollygogs and and nice to come back and not, you know, look forward to the year ahead. Uh, not sure how much of it we'll spend indoors half of it all of it who knows uh but uh if anything i'm glad to spend a little bit of it with you oh, final thoughts rob i'm just ready to see cars on track again that is uh that, that's what i'm holding out for yeah me too or greenland or no, whatever uh if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of our bonus episodes you can do so over at patreon.com slash shift f1 Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next time. Meow.